Um, so, good morning. It's right that we are back in the book of Acts today. Now, Acts is the bridge from Jesus to the early church. It starts with the disciples and some others waiting in a room for the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke of. And as they waited, the room shook and they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke in tongues and they received the fire and the power of God. From this moment, there was a rapid spreading of the gospel of Jesus. And one of the marks of the spreading of this gospel was displays of signs and wonders. Signs and wonders meaning miracles, by the way, but we'll come back to that. Prison doors miraculously open, buildings shake as people pray, healing of the blind and lame. It was an exciting and expectant time. So before we dive into some of these miracle stories, I just wanna um, ask you to turn to your neighbor. Okay, I'm gonna get you to talk to each other. And I wanna ask two questions, okay? And I want you to be really honest about this. Have you ever seen a miracle? I'll let you define what you think a miracle is. And two, how does talk about miracles make you feel? Is it exciting? Do you feel a bit unsure, bewildered? Maybe even a bit skeptical, that's okay. So just five minutes, quickly, turn to your neighbor and answer those two questions. Okay, you can begin to bring those conversations to a close. So don't panic. I'm not going to ask you what you said. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, Rick, tell me your best miracle story. Um, but I hope that in sharing that with one another this morning, by the time that we get to the end of this talk, you might have a bit of fresh excitement and maybe faith for some of those signs and wonders that would follow the gospel of Jesus spreading. It's okay if you have a bit of skepticism. 
That's part of my story as well. I used to have a bit of skepticism around these things. But in this story in Acts, up until this point, the whole of the story has taken place in a place called Jerusalem. And the reason why this is important is because Jerusalem was, was the central point for the Jews. And so the gospel of Jesus was moving amongst Jews. But this is about to change. So the story that we're about to read is a demonstration of power. It's a miracle that took place, not inside the temple, which is the holy place for Jews, but by its gates. And there's a theme here that we'll see unfold in the coming chapters. And that is that the good news of Jesus, although it started in Jerusalem with the Jews, it's starting to reach outside to anyone and everyone who needs it. And that's true of today. So can I have the next slide, please? So we're gonna read from Acts 3, verses one to 11. Sorry, the print on there is a little bit small, so you might wanna follow on a Bible that you have, but I'm gonna read it out to us. This is a story involving Peter and John. And it says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gates, called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those that were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. But Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So this is the very first miracle in Acts. This is the very first sign of healing. And what's interesting about this story is it illustrates the signs and wonders that were parallel to the ones that Jesus did in the Gospels. And we're gonna keep coming back to that. Now, the first thing that I wanna point out about this story that is so striking, and I hope that you picked up on it in the way that I was reading, is that Peter and John, they started off looking hard at the man. And they asked him to look at them. I don't know about you, but um, how many times when you're in Leeds City Centre, and I have to say Leeds City Centre isn't the worst for it. I used to live in Manchester and there's a huge homeless issue in Manchester. And um, have you ever walked past a homeless person begging on the street? 
And there's that awkward moment, isn't there, where you kind of want to avert your gaze. It's a lot easier if you sort of don't look at them and carry on walking. Because if you look at them, you have to engage with the fact that they're a person, <laughs> right? And there's also a sense that for them, sometimes they don't want to look at you either because they feel shame, they feel embarrassed about the state that they're in, that they're begging for money. But this isn't what Peter and John do. They stop and they start by looking at this man. And this, we're gonna to touch on again, is, is something that Jesus did a lot. He never rushed past people. He would always spend time to sit with them in their humanity. Now I'm gonna pause here from the story and just tell you a, a story from my own experience um, <clears throat> of, of miracles. Um, and I'm gonna try and tell this story without losing it <laughs> because it's quite emotional for me. Um, so when I was at the end of my second year of uni, so anyone at the end of their second year of uni or nearabouts, yeah? Okay, so in the summer of my second year, um, which believe it or not is actually a long time ago <laughs> because I'm 30, um, I spent a summer in, in Nepal, which is just outside of India, and I spent the summer with a mission organization called Iris Ministries, which some of you might have heard of. Um, it started by a lady called Heidi Baker, who's quite famous. And I'd, I'd gone out this summer to, I knew that these people saw a lot of miracles, and it was quite exciting, but it was also quite scary, if I'm honest, because I'd come from a church background where, those sorts of things did happen, but I'd, I'd begun, what had begun to grow in my heart was a little bit of skepticism, if I'm honest. Um, because sometimes I would sit in meetings where people would pray for healing, and I would feel like it was more about the person praying than it was about Jesus. I don't know if any of you resonate with that. <laughs> and that's not how it's meant to be. That was my wrestle. And so one of the things that this mission organization did is every week they would kind of set up this sort of open kind of place that people could come and they would feed them and they would give them medical assistance. Um, but they really loved to pray for healing. They really loved to pray for people to be healed. And, and I felt a bit apprehensive going to this because I knew that I was gonna be confronted with some of those feelings again. And, um, and I remember we went and it was, there was a wonderful feel in the room and there were people that had come that were, that were homeless, that had all sorts of difficult stories that had come for anything, they were desperate. Um, desperate for food, desperate for medical attention, desperate for anything. And, and as I sort of stood there, and I was watching for a while as lots of other people that were kind of very experienced would go and pray for whoever that they saw. And I, I was having this internal conversation with God where I was like, God, I, I don't know what to do here. I don't even know how to begin to pray for these things. But I remembered that in every story that I've ever read in the Gospels, 
that Jesus very often has compassion. Many of the miracle stories are marked by Jesus' compassion. And so I said, God, would you give me your heart so that I can pray from that point? And after I prayed that, I saw this man. He, he, he just stood out to me is the only way that I could say it. And I went over to him and I thought, I don't know how to pray for you. But I, what I noticed about him, other than just that he was sat on his own, was that his left arm was paralyzed. And it was, it sort of looked a bit like this. It was very sort of crouched over and he had no movement in his hand. Um, and as I put my hand on his shoulder to pray, something happened. The Holy Spirit moved in me and I was overcome, overcome by the love of God. And I began to weep and weep and weep. And I didn't know what to pray. And in fact, I didn't pray at all. But as I wept, this man's arm started to shake and he started to move. And before my eyes, I saw muscle grew back and I saw him completely and entirely healed. That is what God does. That is what God does through us when we are willing to receive his heart. I told you that was going to be difficult. <laughs> what we see in Acts is that the disciples, they healed in the way that Jesus would. They take this man by the hand and they say, get up and walk. They pray with authority. And they pray with authority because they know that it's not by their might, it's not by their power, it's not by, because they're special, but it's because in the name of Jesus, we can see God move. In the name of Jesus, we can see miracles. Now, what's also striking about this story is that after this healing takes place, the man goes from outside of the temple to entering into the temple. He goes from someone on the outside to someone on the inside, praising God. He goes from being a disabled man who is outcast in the community to sitting on the inside as a worshiper. Transformation takes place. There's a reason why they are called signs and wonders. They're called signs because they point to something. They point to the one that heals, which is Jesus. And in this case, for this man, it led to salvation. It led to his life completely changing. Now the second part of the story of this man that I was sharing with you about is that after this experience that he was miraculously healed, um, a couple of weeks later I, I leave Nepal and I go back to uni <laughs> and my life carries on. But I hear about two months later from the missionaries that still lived out there 
In fact, they, they sent me a picture of him and he was speaking at their church. And they said that this man, what we didn't know was that there is a number of different health issues that he had and he was also battling with alcohol addiction. And shortly after that day, he gave his life to Jesus. And he shared from the front to lots of people that he didn't know what had happened to him that day. And what was amazing about what had happened to him that day was he was not struck by the physical healing. Because in, in this culture, in, in Nepal, miracles are quite common, actually. <laughs> These sorts of things happen quite frequently. But one of the battles is, is a Hindu country and they worship lots of different gods. But something happened in that man that day where he realized that Jesus had something that only Jesus could give him. And he shared that he felt that something had lifted from him as we prayed. And he said, I felt lighter like a new man. This is what happens when God moves. We also see the wonder. We see the wonder of his power, of his love. Can I have the next slide, please? So there's three things that I want to point out that are marked in this story and of the miracles in Acts. The first is compassion. They looked at the man. They didn't look away. They chose to look at him. They chose to see him and really see him. This was not about them. This was not about them having a cool story. This was about them seeing the need in front of them. They prayed with authority for him to be healed and they prayed in the authority of Jesus because it was Jesus that had the power to do this. And they saw transformation. They saw this man physically healed but more than that they saw him become a worshipper of Jesus that day. Next slide please. So I just want to draw our attention to the parallels in Acts to that which happened in the Gospels and particularly in Luke. Now this is a story um, from Luke 5, 17 to 26. You can follow that if you like, but I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit what happens in this story. This is a, another healing of a paralyzed man. This is a story that is quite similar to what we see with Peter and John. It might sound familiar to some of you, but this is a paralyzed man that was so desperate and his friends were so desperate for him to have a touch from Jesus that they carried him through to where Jesus was from the roof because they wanted him to be healed. But what's interesting is how Jesus responds. Jesus responds to him with faith in his faith, and he says, your sins are forgiven. So even though the man is asking for Jesus to heal him, what he receives that day is so much more than that. He's healed, he's delivered, and he's restored. 
and it finishes with him being filled with awe. Another slide, please. So from Jesus to Acts, we see, we see Jesus challenging authority and expectation. And with Peter and John, we see them offering the man something different to his request. And in both of these stories, salvation follows those miracles. You could say that they both got more than they bargained for. And the final thing is that they were filled with awe and wonder. Again, we talk about signs and wonders because the sign points to the one who does the work and the wonder is the response that we have to the sign. The more we see of God move, the more our response is worship. So there's two key themes that I wanna draw out from this. One is that in in order to see these, these signs and wonders, these miracles, we need faith. And God responds to our faith. One of the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is something called a gift of faith. And um, I'm gonna embarrass Rich now and put him slightly on the spot. But um, I often think that people that see the most miracles are those that carry a gift of faith. Something that is not natural, an extraordinary faith. And this is something that Rich and Kate carry because when they started this church, you could say that that in many ways was a miracle. But God gave them an extraordinary faith to see something happen. It's not something that they could have done with good schemes or plans, although I guess they do that too. It was a gift of faith, something that the Holy Spirit deposited in them to believe that God could do something beyond what is imaginable in front of us. At the end of this, I wanna pray for those that wanna receive that gift of faith because 1 Corinthians tells us that those that eagerly desire spiritual gifts will receive them. If that's something that you want, We can pray for that. And the other theme that I want to pick up on again is that these signs and wonders, both in the Gospels and in the Acts of the Apostles, are acts of compassion. Very often Jesus was moved and even moved to tears. He always engaged with people's humanity. And if there was anything that I learned from that story with that man is that God didn't require me to say good prayers. God didn't require me to be one of those fancy healing people from the front. God required me to tap into his heart and to respond to that. And he did something supernatural. So as we draw to a close here, I want to invite us 
for two things. I want to invite you that if you want to receive that gift of faith for signs and wonders, for God to do immeasurably more than you could dream or imagine, that you're bold and that you respond to that today. And I also want to pray that we afresh would receive the compassion of Jesus, his heart for the lost and the broken. Because that is the thing that changes everything. So I'm going to hand back to.